it's a relationship that is struggling. It's an individual that is struggling. It doesn't even sometimes have to be the relationship. It can be an individual struggling with his his or her own demons. That's Dr. Cyrus Williams, who happens to be my personal marriage counselor. In this episode, we're talking all things infidelity and what couples can do to overcome it. Hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, host of Real Relationship Talk. And I just want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Whether you found this episode on your own or whether someone thought enough about you to share it with you, I hope that at the end of this episode, you are going to walk away feeling challenged, feeling encouraged, and feeling hopeful about your marriage. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing our personal friend and our personal marriage therapist, Dr. Cyrus Williams. Now, we've known Cyrus for years. As a matter of fact, When Sean and I started experiencing some significant problems in our marriage, or let me back up and say, when Sean and I got serious about dealing with the significant problems in our marriage, someone recommended Cyrus Williams to us. Now, I don't know about you, but marriage counseling is not the easiest thing to embark upon. A lot of couples actually never do it because they feel like it doesn't work or they feel like maybe their marriage is too far gone. So when someone recommended Cyrus to us, We reluctantly went. And I say we because both my husband and I were tired. We had already been to other counselors and we had already tried all the things. And I think we were both just losing hope. But when we met Cyrus, there was something different about him. First of all, he was just straight up real, which y'all know I can appreciate. And so as we began to get to know Cyrus, my husband really gravitated to him because he told it like it was. He wasn't giving us theory. He wasn't just letting us sit on his couch and ramble all day. He gave us some real practical steps to rebuild our marriage. Now, if you haven't figured out by now, my own marriage has been wrecked by infidelity. And I say wrecked because if you've ever experienced it, you know that's exactly what it does to a marriage. Infidelity wrecks relationships. And so because of that, I am on a personal mission to help couples who have been struggling with infidelity in their marriage and also to help couples who have not been wrecked by this to not ever experience it. It's not something that you want to go through. But if you have gone through it, I want you to listen to today's episode because we're going to share some information with you. We're going to share some wisdom with you that's going to pull you out of the throes of despair and hopefully empower you in your relationship. So sit back and let's get ready to tackle the beast of infidelity and how you can actually overcome this as you put in the work. All right, Dr. Williams. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today on the podcast. When I thought who would be our, our lead-in guest, there was no other person than I thought of other than you. Right. And primarily because you already know all of my business. Um, for, <laughs> those <of> you, <laughs> for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Dr. Williams is me and Sean's uh, personal therapist. And so we've been working with him for several years. I have a huge, huge value for marriage counseling and marriage marriage therapy. And so not only has he been our personal marriage counselor, but I think I've recommended you to half of Hampton Roads. So um, you're welcome for that. Um, So today we are going to have, we're just going to jump right in. We are going to have a conversation that unfortunately affects a lot of couples around the issue of infidelity. 
And, you know, I've been very transparent, Sean and I, my marriage has been affected by infidelity. And because of that, it's given me a passion to help other couples who are stuck in this vicious cycle. And so I wanted to talk to you today, Dr. Williams, because most couples at some point might be affected by infidelity in some way. And not only that, but one of the top reasons that couples divorce is because of infidelity. So I just wanted to know if you can tell us, why do you think so many married couples struggle with this? Listen, Dana, it's such a complicated question. It's so many layers to infidelity. Infidelity is like the outcome of a of a struggling relationship. It's a relationship that is struggling. It's an individual that is struggling. It doesn't even sometimes have to be the relationship. It can be an individual struggling to with his his or her own demons, uh, with this lack of boundaries, with just wanting everything, immaturity. So infidelity is a big deal. It's it's a big part of what I do. I wouldn't say it's the number one piece of what I do. But infidelity is just the outcome of a of a relationship that is not going well. I'm using the individual that's not going well. And then we have to deal with all of those parts that are not going well, but we can't get past the actual act of infidelity, which makes it so difficult. But the root problem of the infidelity is what I want to what I focus on. It's a hard thing to do because the person who is the perpetrator, the person who's doing the infidelity their voice is gone, right? We can't, I mean, they, they don't have an equal setting um, in the conversation. Their voice is gone. But at some point, we got to bring that voice back in. We got to figure out why and how. And it's a, it's, it's a major part of my work. Yeah, I love that you talked about getting to the root of the thing, because mm-hmm. I think that is so important. I love how you said that a lot of times in relationships and marriages, infidelity is just a symptom. So yeah. I'm looking out of my window right now, and there's this tree. Uh-huh. And I think about the tree right now has luscious leaves, it's green, it's mm-hmm. full, because the root system obviously must be healthy. Right. If that root system begins to become infected, then that's also going to show up in the in the limbs or quote symptoms of the tree. Right. So along that angle, can you even boil down what is the root of most infidelity right. that you've seen? That's good. I like the analogy. I love it. I love it. What what it is? The analogy in this analogy, the person has taken themselves off of the tree. They're a branch now. What has happened is the root system, the whole dynamics of what makes them grow, they've cut themselves off of that. And now they're off of the tree. And as soon as you cut something off the tree, it starts dying, Mm. right? So that's really what's going on here. They have cut themselves from the growth, the source, and now they're alone without that. So they try to grow alone, but they're really dying. And the tree is broken too, right? The yeah. tree is broken. The individual's broken. Um, why they cut themselves off? That's the money question, right? That takes right. all. That takes all the work. It's like what's going on? Sometimes it's an individual. Some generational issues. There's some bad advice people are running with. There's some anger. There's some trust. There's some intimacy. And then there's sometimes people are just immature right? They, they weren't ready to get married. They're not ready to share their thoughts. They, they feel not safe in their relationship. Whole bunch of things become the root of this. But I'm going to tell you the main root problem is the couple has drifted mm-hmm. and someone has 
take it upon themselves to find somewhere else to be satisfied. We have to figure out about this drift and what happened. We're not going to excuse anybody, right? We're not going to excuse the person for cheating because that's inappropriate. No matter what their spouse, their lover had done to them to drift and to leave, there's no... There's no like, oh, I get it now. I get it now why you cheated. No, 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 no. That's not it. But the hard part is there is a reason that's legitimate. It's just a bad decision they've made to wreck their marriage. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Hashtag you can say that again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I love that you said it's a bad decision because I think some of the vocabulary that we use surrounding this topic, people say things like I... I stumbled or I messed up or I fell into something (laughs) or the buzzword of the year now is an entanglement, found myself in an entanglement. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you just said, Dr. Williams, is it's a decision. Uh At the end of the day, no matter what the root, no matter what the reason, it's still a decision. And so I wonder if you can tell us whether it's the couple that has drifted or maybe a couple didn't feel safe or what have you. Do you think that looking at physical intimacy versus emotional intimacy, do you think that one is more hurtful than the other in relationships? I guess a more appropriate question would be, are they both equally detrimental to a marriage? It depends on the couple, but I would say from an outsider perspective, I would say they're both equally detrimental. But when you talk about from a male's perspective, right? It's just, you know, we physically cheat a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. We physically walk out the relationship and that is detrimental because the physical part about, right? You got to, if you're trying to rejoin this relationship, you've got physical stuff, right? That you've been with another person Mm -hmm. and and that is difficult to kind of get over. The emotional part is, is, is harmful in that, how do you even start? reconcile it. Listen, it hurts. It hurts. They both hurt. I don't know if one is worse than the other. I know for men and men that I deal with, if they're wise, men can't deal with the physical like the women can deal with the physical. Men can't deal with their wives physically cheating, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They just can't deal with it. And when women step out on, on, on men, it's really hard for men to get back into this because of the physical part of it. And men don't understand the emotional part of cheating. Um, just sharing information with someone doesn't even have to be sexual information. This could be intimate information. Like my wife, she gets on my nerves. She does this. And just sharing that outside guys yeah. don't, they underestimate how vulnerable that makes the wife feel and how how hurtful that is that you ran my business out here to another woman right Um, or that that you gave your heart away oh my god or that you gave your heart away i think a lot of women um self-included would ask the question did you love her yeah. Right. Because it's like, I think a lot of women, even though it's difficult mm. for women to get over, if your husband has had a physical affair, uh-huh. if it was a one night stand or yeah. if they were drunk mm. or mm. something like that, I think that's easier to forgive right. than knowing that your husband has fallen in love with someone else, that he's right. given his right. heart away. Right. So I think that for a lot of women, it's that emotional aspect can be just as detrimental right. or if right. not more sometimes in the physical. Yeah, that's that's always the, the, the problem with that is. 
is the answer from the guy is always going to be no. Right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, it's always going to be no. Right, and the right, woman right. is not going to believe him, right? Exactly. So, so we're spinning in that circle of, I told you the truth, but you don't believe the truth. How do we move forward? That's the hard work of, of this infidelity work is that no one believes the other person. Mm. And I try to tell my guys, listen, you need to tell everything one mm. time, though all mm. of it. Now, you don't have to tell every single detail, but you got to tell the truth. Yeah. Right? The truth, because you're going to get caught later, later, and we'll be six months down the road doing well, and something else will fall out. And yeah. then now, all of a sudden, we are 12 months back because you didn't tell the truth on this or that. So, Listen, the hard work is that whatever the, the, the person who's in cheating says, the other person is not going to receive and not going to believe for the most part. They're not going to believe it. And then we have to figure out, like, how do we move forward from there? And I'm just going to go on a little bit. This is really difficult because people think that, that we're going to finish this in, a, in six weeks, in six months. And listen, it may take three years. Oh, yeah. And the the person who's cheating, let's say it's a man at this point, the, the man who's cheating, it's easier for him to quit, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. easy for him to quit and just say, you know, enough. I'm like, okay, then you can do that. You can do that. But I don't think you were in this relationship. I don't think you really are sorry. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't believe any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to quit, because the easiest thing to quit, because after a year of grinding and grinding and your wife still doesn't believe you, she's still tracking you. She's still this. She's still that. It gets frustrated. They want to quit. And I'm like, OK, you can, you know, go back out there in the streets and do what you're doing. You know, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. But these are consequences of your decision. That's right. That's right. You better preach that. So I think it's such it's such a valid point because I think a lot of couples, like there's a difference between forgiveness and then rebuilding trust. Yeah. You can forgive in a moment. I can say, okay, I've yeah. forgiven you. I am willing to work with you. I'm willing yeah. to walk this thing out. But the whole rebuilding trust, that is a very long process. And I yeah. think that there are, especially men, yeah. uh, obviously some women too, but I feel like especially men will underestimate how long that process is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like my husband says, when he's talking to guys is that in, if you mess up again, you start all the way back over from zero. <laughs> it's not like you just get to kind of pick up from where you left. You start that whole process over right. all over again. And right. so I think that couples who are struggling, couples who are drifting, couples who maybe feel like they don't love their spouse really need to count the cost before obviously they decide to step out and begin another relationship because the way back is very difficult and most couples don't make it. Absolutely. Absolutely. They don't make it because it's just too much work. It's too much hurt. You are, um, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel in, in your, in your wife, in this scenario, right? Your wife has this post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. right? I had this one person, they see every time they saw a redhead, mm. they were triggered years later. Every time wow. they seen the redhead, because the person was a redhead, they get triggered. And then, of course, the husband gets upset. Like that happened a long time ago. 
listen, a trigger is a trigger. And these, this is what's up. You just got to hang in there. You got to yeah. hang in there. You got to apologize for the rest of your life about this one decision that you made, or maybe multiple decisions that you made, but you, these are the consequences of it. These are the consequences. Now, do I believe that, that I believe and I've seen and I've helped and people moving on and, and growing and being better? Yeah, 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 it can happen. It does happen. That can happen. It does happen all the time. Right. So what would you say then to a couple who seems to be caught in like a vicious cycle? There's good intentions, but they just can't seem like in the Christian world, we would call this a stronghold. Yeah. Uh, Other people might call it an addiction or just pattern of destructive behavior. Like how do you advise a couple who want to stay together, but they just can't seem to get out of this cycle? Right. Right. Well, I don't bring in, bring in the word addiction too much. I do sex addiction work. That's I, I have a specialty in sex addictions. I don't bring in that a lot because oftentimes this is not about sex addiction. This is about unhappiness. This is about not being satisfied some of their 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 emotional needs. And sex addiction is a little bit different. It's a lot different than that. The people in this perpetual cycle. Um, there's a lot of things going on. First of all, there probably needs to be some individual counseling going on here, right? Mm-hmm. And not just couples counseling, because there are some significant things going on in this person that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. individually outside of the marriage. There's a bunch of of stuff. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's just self-esteem issues. There's a whole bunch of things in there that are personal that don't necessarily need to be in couples counseling because it can't get addressed as well in couples counseling. But the other part about this is like, how are you, the woman in this scenario, allowing this to happen again and again? Not, Not that you have to watch him, but you guys have you've caught him multiple times. Like what boundaries are set up? What, what's going on? What's not happening here? Because this is perpetual cheating and you're not, your job is not to watch him or do all that, but man, there should have been some boundaries and some accountability. And at some point there's got to be a real clear, this cannot happen. And I have, you have to not do whatever this is. Now that's easy to say really hard when you have people who are, who have different jobs are flying over the country and they have to be involved with all kinds of people. And maybe the people they're sleeping with are at work. So it's really hard to do this, but man, when it's perpetual like this, individual counseling has to happen. The wife in this scenario needs also to get into individual counseling and figure out what, what is she gaining from this relationship at this point? What is she holding on to? And we got to watch out with the strongholds because Sometimes these strongholds can be can really use God as a way to not do their work, mm. right? Wow. Um, they were like, well, God wants us to be together and we love each other. And sometimes this is not a God issue. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is not a God issue. We can't hide behind God. Yes. Sometimes we have to make some real difficult um, decisions. I am not a divorce counselor. I'm not interested in being a divorce counselor. So I am not interested in, in helping you divorce somebody, mm-hmm. but I am interested in you taking care of yourself in That's terms good. of your health. That's um, good. Got to figure it out. Yeah, you mentioned boundaries. And I think that for the most part, even just in normal life, like set infidelity aside, I think that a lot of us just don't know how to set clear boundaries. So what would you say to a couple? What are some practical boundaries that they should be 
setting and their relationship if they don't want to continue in the cycle of infidelity? Good, good, good. Uh, first thing they need to do is get a book um, that they can both read <laughs> because setting boundaries is really hard to do because it looks like sometimes it looks like manipulation. Sometimes it looks like you're just dropping the hammer on somebody every time they, they do something wrong, but boundaries are about you. It's not about your spouse. Mm, it's about what good. you're, it's like what you're going to take anymore. Okay. One of the boundaries is you cannot connect with people uh, on social media. So how are you going to do that? You tell me how you're going to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get off of social media. Okay. That's a boundary. You're going to get off social media. If you're on social media again, there is going to be a consequence. The real boundary is committing to this marriage. That's really what it is. Like, we have to drop everything except us. Mm. Everything has to go. That's the real boundary. The real boundary is we're going to focus on us and us alone, and no one else is going to be anywhere near this. So if that boundary means we need to go to counseling, then we need to go to counseling today, Mm -hmm. right? If that boundary means that we're going to have to cut some people off. We need to do just that. Uh, If we need to go to conferences and read books or whatever, that's really what I'm talking about. It's more being proactive than setting these boundaries because these boundaries are difficult to monitor because you're putting it on someone else to monitor your boundaries. And they should be personal boundaries. You shouldn't be setting boundaries for your partner. They should be setting boundaries and you should be setting boundaries. And they can be totally different boundaries, but you got to be a boundary is you can't be out of pocket for any time, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be gone for any time. That's a boundary that I'm going to establish here. And if that is the case, if that keeps happening, I'm going to hold you accountable. And this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? I think the, the consequence factor is it's mm-hmm. relevant, but I think it's also difficult because you are an adult, right? And you feel like I'm putting a consequence on another adult. If they don't want to do something, then they're not going to do it. Like, you know, the old saying, grown folks do what grown folks want to do. (laughs) So you can, and I found this to be true in my own relationship that I could set up all these boundaries for my husband and this is what Mm -hmm. you're going to do and this is what you're not going to do and Mm -hmm. I need to see your phone and I need access to this. And Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, is that when folks want to do something, they're going to figure out a way. And so I love that you said that boundaries are not about you setting them for your spouse. It's about people setting them for themselves and then having that accountability to say, if this thing happens, this is the consequence. And so it's not an ultimatum. It's just a natural consequence of what we said was going to happen if that boundary is broken. It's really about you and how you're going to respect your own self. It's not about them. I'm not going to take this stuff. You do whatever you want, but I'm not going to take this stuff. Yeah. And this is what I'm going to do if this occurs again. Now you got to be ready to follow through. One of my clients right now is having, you know, she said she wasn't going to have sex with her husband. And then all of a sudden she had sex with her husband. I was like, well, you lost your credibility here. Right. right? And now you're going to be upset when he doesn't listen to you anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you know, your word is not your word. (laughs) That's real. That's so real. That's so real. Let me ask you, Dr. Williams, um, because we're talking about we don't want couples to divorce. And I feel the same, you know, the couples that I'm privileged to work with, I'm, I'm always trying to encourage couples to stick in there. And I believe that there's no relationship that's unredeemable, but are there cases where couples just can't seem to get past this, that you would recommend a divorce? Right. 
Well, uh, it's their decision to make a divorce. I, I mean, to go towards divorce. But I will say very honestly to them, I can't keep working with you if you're not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I won't ever say it's time for a divorce, but I will say we probably have to end our counseling because the, the work is not being done. And if the work's not being done, then you clearly don't want to manage this or there's still too much hurt and anger. And, you know, this may not be the right time for it. You know, there are many couples who are together and been together for years and years who are just not a good couple. Right. But they're they're together for some reason. I don't know why. So I'm not going to say get divorced. I am going to probably end our relationship. I'll be like, listen, if you're not going to work, then there's no use you coming in here. Yeah. (laughs) So I think all relationships are redeemable. But when they stop working, I'm going to have to say, I can't work with you if you're not going to if you're not going to work. That's so good. I appreciate you saying that because I think that a lot of men, again, sorry to pick on the men, but I feel like a lot of men are resistant to counseling because they say things like counseling doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, counseling doesn't work. You do. No. So if you are not going to do the work, then counseling is not going to work. Right. If you are going to go into counseling and you're still going to lie and you're still going to pretend right. and you're still going to be shallow, then right. no, counseling will not work for you. Right. But if you're willing to do the work, anything can work. It certainly can. It certainly can. And and I try to, I work with a lot of men. I work with a lot of black men. And I tell the men all the time, I said, you need to go to couples counseling because you'll get to, you know, women are so much better than we are at, at talking. Say that <laughs> just again. Communicating. Say that again. We can't keep, <laughs> we cannot keep up with women in terms of communication, right? We know. We know. This. I know you know. <laughs> what you know. What happens is, I said, when you get in counseling, at least you can get a word in, right? Because <laughs> your counselor will tell your wife to be quiet. That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, hold up, girl, hold up. Let him oh, finish Lord. the sentence. Let him finish the <laughs> sentence. So I'm saying you can get some words in and you can say some of the things you need to say um, that are that are harmful to you. Men are as more emotional than women all day long. I just feel that way. They wow. are. We just don't express it. We just oh, don't that's so good. We have two emotions. That is happy and mad. <laughs> that's it. That's so you guys, true. You guys have the rest. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we have so two. true. <laughs> I love that. Well, let me ask, because we were talking a little bit about rebuilding trust. How can a couple rebuild trust? Like, what are some things that obviously it's going to differ for different couples, but what, how do you advise couples when they're like, okay, what do we do? My wife doesn't believe anything I say, or my husband doesn't believe anything I say. So what can I actually do to win this trust back? Right. Right. Um, You have to be in it for the long term. I mean, that's all I can tell you. You have to be in it for the long term. It's not going to happen overnight. You have to spend more time. Um, One of the things that you have to do for men, again, stereotypical men, is they're going to have to share their thoughts a lot more. Right. Mm. They're going to have to be intimate with their spouse. They got to talk more. Because the biggest frustration for women is they want to know what you're thinking and what's in your head and and what you, what's going on for you. So that's helpful. This intimate relationship, not sexual, this intimate relationship is what brings on trust. I'm going to bear everything. 
And that's going to bring trust. Now, women got to be careful in this area because you don't want to know everything we think in all the time, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. don't want to know that I struggled today because this woman, over, you know, you don't want to know that every day. So you have to build times where you can be intimate and talk a lot. You have to have the what I call, what John Gottman calls the state of the union, right? The state of the union is once a week, we sit down and we say, how did we go? And the last question is, how can I love you better next week? The last question, how can I love you better next week? And the person gives you an answer. Mm -hmm. Um, The other parts are finding something to do together. You got to find something to do together. You have to figure out, keep growing in all kinds of every relationship. Like, like, what do you do? Why do you get married? Like, why? Why did you get married? Get back to the basics. More importantly, Talk about that friendship that you developed to get married. And let's mm-hmm. get back to that friendship to get when we got married. So all those things have to happen. We have to put our kids second. It's really mm-hmm. hard, particularly for particularly for women. It's hard for for you to put the kids second. It's it's you and your lover, your spouse first, and the kids are very second. And if that is if that is not arranged correctly, then there's problems, right? Yeah, there's problems. Yeah. That's good. Speaking of kids, mm-hmm. how do you advise a couple who has kids and they've experienced infidelity? Do mm-hmm. you believe that they should tell the kids? Well, the short answer is no, right? That's <laughs> the short answer, but that's too simple. You would love to not be able to do that. But what do they know? What do they see, right? Yeah. If they see mom crying, dad out the house in the other room, but it has to be done together, it has to be done together, right? Talk to the kids together if you're going to talk to them. It also has to be the age groups of the kids. If you got a 15-year-old, you're going to have to do it very different than your six-year-old, right? Right, yeah. Um, the conversation is. So So ideally, it's no, but most of the time, you're going to have to say something. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad are, uh, are struggling. If they've seen something or if they're old enough, you might have to say, listen, Dad has been with someone else. We are working some things out. We're going to counsel. If you're going to talk, you got to talk to him for real now. We're right. Going to counseling. I am hurt, but I'm going to try to stay here for you. Either way, mom and dad loves you. It's not going to, I know it's going to cause you stress and strain, but we are going to take care of you. And we're trying to keep this thing together. And we're going to work our tails off to keep it together. So if you got to talk to him, you got to tell him a little bit more than just, we're, we're, we have a problem. Right. I think that, again, age appropriateness, I think that kids are a lot more perceptive than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Kids know things that we don't always realize that they know. Mm-hmm. And I came across an article, I think it was like, I don't know, I was reading people.com or something. Mm-hmm. And Tori Spelling and her husband, mm-hmm. Dean McDermott, they've been mm-hmm. through all these different challenges. And their daughter, now they are a celebrity couple, so their stuff is more you know out there on the internet. But their daughter came across a story that had said that her father had been unfaithful and she was devastated. So now they're kind of having to go back and retroactively tell her what happened. Mm -hmm. And so I just wonder if you have older kids who you feel like they might be sensing something, is it worth it to sit them down and say, you all might be wondering why dad and I are not sleeping in the same room, or you all might be wondering why mom and dad are arguing more or what have you to try to get ahead of it a little bit. 
Yeah, the more you could be honest with your kids, the better age appropriate, man, because they're not stupid. And they talk to each other. So the 16 year old is going to tell the 10 year old, Uh you know, so so you might think the 10 year old doesn't know anything, but the 16 year old probably told him, you know, so they do talk to each other. Now, the biggest problem is one person telling and not two people telling. Right. Sure. So that's the problem when one person feels like you kind of put me out there, didn't even give me a chance to talk. Now I got to come behind you and fill in some holes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that that needs to be done together. And the less you can tell, the better to the younger kids. The older kids, you got you to gotta tell them your plan, though. You got to tell them your plan. You can't just tell them we're working on it. Tell them what you're doing, how you're doing it, what your hope is all of those things, tell them something so they can, so they can hold on to that information. And for those people listening right now who, who haven't cheated, man, you better not. Because right. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's, it's just not. not. It. Oh it, doesn't go, it doesn't go away either. Uh, oh my gosh. It, it is, you know, you don't get a, guys don't get a pat on the back for not cheating. Because they think they deserve a pat on the back for not cheating. I was like, that's the baseline. That's you, you're not supposed to cheat. I mean, right. you don't get celebrated because you didn't cheat. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you do cheat, marriage already hard is so much harder right. uh, when you have cheated. So, you know, when you're feeling those urges or whatever, I need folks to come in and talk to a counselor. I need folks to talk to each other. And I would say, again, gender-specific women you better be ready for the conversations. Mm-hmm. You get better be ready that I am not feeling like connected to you. And I thought about this other woman and, and, and I have these, th- you know, I don't know men, many men who are going to do that, <laughs> but mm-hmm. if they do, you got to be ready. You got to be ready for that. Those kind of honest conversations of I'm struggling here. I'm struggling mm-hmm. here. That's so good. And I think, you know, the last thing I want to ask you is for couples who maybe they have not experienced infidelity, hopefully that's a majority of the people that are listening because this is such an ugly, messy thing to walk through. Mm -hmm. What one piece of advice, Mm, uh, what one piece of advice would you give a couple to a fair proof their marriage? A fair proof their marriage. Yes. If that is even a thing, might not be a thing. Listen, I said it before. I think I said it, but you can't drift to a destination, Mm -hmm. right? You cannot drift to a destination. So if you want an affair proof marriage, you got to say that out loud to your partner, right? I want an affair proof marriage. And we know that it can't be a hundred percent, but this is what we're going to do for a fair proof marriage. We've got to stay connected all the time. We've got to stay connected. We got to give some grace and some mercy when we say something twisted out of our mouths. Yeah. Um, when we argue, we've got to not go this direction and that direction. We have to have some boundaries there. There's a lot of ways to do that. We're responsible for ourselves. Now, our spouse or our partner can help us to grow in different areas of our lives, but we can't be dependent on them to make us whole. If you got two halves in a relationship, that's no way to live, right? Mm -hmm, You need mm -hmm. two holes, imperfect holes in a relationship, and then we're going to try to make that happen. But to a fair proof of marriage, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. What's going on right now? 
I feel like we're drifting apart. What should we do about it? It, it is a full-time job, guys. And I hate to say it so cliche, but it's like a full-time job. And if you're not working hard at your marriage, then it's going to drift. Yeah. It's going to drift. Before you know it, they're way over there. You're way over here. And you got to find your way back to each other. And it's hard to do. Well, Cyrus, thank you so much. You know, I tell people all the time that there are two reasons that Sean and I are still together, and it's Christ and Cyrus. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> no, like you, you are the real deal. I love that you give us practical wisdoms, not just advice, but practical wisdom, because I think that a lot of the times it can just be this kind of ethereal advice. And one of the things that, and we don't necessarily have to go into it because uh, we are wrapping up, but you said earlier about, Black men, especially. Can you tell us like 30 seconds? Like, what is the deal with the black men? And I'm a black female, so I can say this. You're a black male. We can talk about this, right? What what is up with the black men not wanting to go to counseling? What is the problem? I'm going to say, man, we, we have a history, generations and generations of pride, Mm. right of of so much pride and we can do it ourselves and don't trust anybody and what can they tell us that I can't do myself and man we are we are we are bubbling over with pride and arrogance in ways that 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 are just hurting us it's mm. just hurting us asking for help is not a thing it's not a thing um and we'll learn that from the beginning. So you got you got those boys, you got three boys. You need to let them know that it is okay to reach out for help. I got listen. this one little boy. I got to tell him. <laughs> listen, we got to tell, stop telling our kids that, you know, crying is wrong. And I know that's right. Come on. We gotta I was stop. having a conversation with my boys today about that very subject. I said, don't let this world put a label on you no. that you can't express your emotions, that you can't cry, that you can't ask for help. Yeah. So yeah, that's so good. It's really hard. I I get them in here one at a time. I see probably more black men in in a month than most people see in their careers. You wow. know, my colleagues see in their careers because I because they're looking for help. They will find help, but this is why we need more black therapists because they will come to a black therapist a little bit more than we come to another. Therapist. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Wow. Well, Dr. Williams, thank you again. We will make sure that we will put in the show notes um, ways that people can find you. I know that you're based out of Virginia Beach, where I'm based out of. And um, so just thank you for your work. Thank you again, just on a personal side for what you have done and continue to do. Uh, Sean and I believe in maintenance counseling. Yes. So we might listen. We might be on your couch next week. You just, you just <laughs> wait. You just wait all, for it. Right. Um, so thank you so much, though, for all that you shared. I think that you're going to just really bless a lot of couples today who are dealing with this issue and hopefully prevent some other couples who have not dealt with this. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, I appreciate it. Well, friends, I hope that you learned something today. I hope that if you're experiencing infidelity, you have left this episode feeling like maybe there's something that you can do right now to help your marriage to recover. Cyrus is not only our personal therapist, as I've stated, but he's also a great friend. And if you want to learn more information about him, you can find him on his website at impactccc.com. And I'll be sure to have a link to that in the show notes. You might have been wondering why I didn't go into great detail about my own journey with infidelity. And that's because next week I'm featuring my husband, Sean, 
on our episode. And we're going to talk a little bit about our journey. We're going to talk about how we even fell into infidelity, what we did to get out, and what we are now doing to protect our marriage from ever falling into that pit again. So be sure to come back next week for our next episode. And if you are a new listener, I want to encourage you to subscribe to my podcast. I'm making sure that all these episodes are relevant, helpful, and encouraging for you. So I would sure appreciate your subscribe. I would also appreciate your rating this podcast. For a new podcast like mine, that actually helps it to be seen by more people. So be sure to subscribe, share, and rate today. And I will see you all on the next episode. Be well and take care. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcasts. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.